Urban Spelunking is supported by Landmark Credit Union. Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Okay, Bobby, this is an Urban Spelunking first. We're, we're talking about a location in Muskegon, Michigan. You got to go on the road, or I should say on the ferry this week. I went for, on the waves. Yeah. <laughs> I rode the waves for, for you guys. But not the ferry <laughs> you might be thinking of. We're talking about a different ferry, uh, the predecessor to the Lake Express Ferry. And I guess that was kind of surprising to me that ferries across Lake Michigan, connecting Milwaukee to Michigan, have been around for a long time. Yeah, and actually it was a pretty meta journey because I took the ferry the current ferry yes. to go see the older ferry. The older ferry, which is <laughs> called the Milwaukee Clipper. Yes. Okay. Started service around in 1941. So you hopped on the Lake Express. I did. And if you've ever done that, when you get to the other side, when you get to um, Muskegon and you go in to Muskegon Lake, which is sort of like a big harbor, you go right past the Clipper so you can see it there. I okay. mean, I don't know if people, I mean, I'm sure some people know what it is, but others might not realize what they're going past is the older ferry that used to go from Milwaukee to Muskegon. And what's super cool is that it's been restored to this this museum where you can go and take tours and they invite the public in. And uh, one detail that really stuck out to me is that the hull of this ship is like almost 120 years old. Yeah, it was built as an earlier ship with a different name uh, that served the Great Lakes, but then was bought and later sort of rebuilt using the same hull to become the Milwaukee Clipper. And it actually, it was really narrow because it had to fit through the Sioux locks, right? Yeah, right, because it used to have to go through all of the Great Lakes, so it had to be able to get through the Sioux locks, um, and it doesn't ha- it didn't because it was only going to go from Milwaukee to Muskegon, it didn't have to go through anything anymore. So it, it was still narrow, but it didn't need to be at that point. So it had a different name back then. It comes to Milwaukee. It's renamed the Milwaukee Clipper. When did it begin service as a ferry? Uh, in the early 40s, 1941, it starts as a ferry, and it um, ran until 1970. I, and I know loads of people of a certain age, I'm doing the thing with the fingers, <laughs> yep. of a certain age, remember this. Like, my mom has always told me about the times that her grandmother took her across just for fun. And I was always like, mm, it sounds kind of fun, but like— <laughs> Five hours of fun. Each way. <laughs> right. right. But then when I went on the ship, I totally understood why. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, these pictures from the inside and the way it's been restored with all these art deco uh, details preserved and all this cool period furniture, it looks a lot like it probably did back then. Um, And it's just like, it's super cool. Yeah, it really does. It looks pretty much like it did when it stopped service in 1970 because it just sat for a long time. Um, And it moved around from a few places where people had talked about making it into a museum or this or that. Um, And it ended up back in Muskegon. And there is a group that's working to really like complete a full restoration of the whole ship. At the moment, only certain parts of it are restored and to get it a permanent sort of mooring space in Muskegon because right now it's in a rented uh, dock that they will have to vacate at some point soon. So if you're ever on that Lake Express ferry, maybe budget a little bit more time to check out the museum. It's Milwaukee Clipper predecessor. And coming up in the second part of our conversation, Bobby, we're going to go throughout the ship and and talk about its history and some of the cool details you found and the love machine. (laughs) This is a very special washing machine. We're going to explain why it's called the love machine. (laughs) If if that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what will. (laughs) That's next in our second part of our conversation on Urban Spelunking. Support for 88.9 Radio Milwaukee comes from your membership and Landmark Credit Union. Landmark Credit Union is proud to support Urban Spelunking and is proud to have been guiding members with financial options since 1933. Information about membership is at LandmarkCU.com. 
Landmark Credit Union. If now isn't quite the right time for a monetary contribution to support Radio Milwaukee, keep in mind you can always donate a vehicle you no longer need. Cars, trucks, motorcycles, we accept all types. Pickup is easy, and your gift could be worth hundreds of dollars in support. That's hours of music and stories for you to enjoy. Get your donation started at RadioMilwaukee.org slash cars. All right, we're back in Muskegon, Michigan. Um, not really. We're here in, in Milwaukee, but you were in Muskegon, Michigan. <laughs> I was in Muskegon, Michigan. Checking out the Milwaukee Clippers. So first, let's kind of like set the scene. What does this look like from the outside? From the outside, it just sort of looks like a ship. Do you know what I mean? Like it looks almost like a like a any sort of steamship you'd have seen on the Great Lakes, you know, 70 years ago, yeah. 50 years ago, whatever. Um, it's got a, you know, it's got a big smokestack in the middle, which interestingly is fake. Okay. I mean, it's actually there. Yes. But it exists. It exists, but it is not actually a smokestack. Interesting. It just hides some sort of mechanicals and okay. stuff. It was just sort of a design element. Um, but it's interesting because it, you know, I mean, it looks like it needs some help. You know, it's they're doing their best, but it's an expensive proposition. It's run by a nonprofit at the moment um, that's, you know, working to fix it up. And they're doing a great job. There's a the former, the spot where you used to be able to pull your car in because it did take cars across the ferry, across the lake, um, is now full of, like, packed with a museum of objects and posters and pictures and all kinds of amazing stuff, um, crew uniforms, just everything. Wow, cool. Um, so it's, I mean, it's really cool to see it, and you can really see the potential for what could happen if they could really just kind of at some point <laughs> get the kind of funding they need to really just kind of dive in, so to speak, and, and really get it done but in the meantime, it's amazing to check it out. There's so many cool features on this thing. Like I, like we said in the first half, um, you know, I, I wondered why my mom would have thought it was – why my great-grandmother would have thought it was fun yeah. for like an 8-year-old or a 10-year-old <laughs> right. to, to ride across this ferry for five hours each way. Um, but then when I went on there, I totally understood. It's got a movie theater. It's got uh, like a ballroom with a dance floor. Yeah, a dance yeah floor. cool. It had a kid's playroom. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a, like a soda fountain, like basically like like Happy Days. You know, you go in, there's a counter <laughs> yeah. and you can sit there uh-huh. and you can have, you know, um, ice cream sodas and stuff. There was just all of this stuff. There was a there was a cocktail, and this wouldn't have been great for kids, but there was a, right above the, the playroom was this beautiful cocktail lounge right at the front of the ship. Okay, they um, had a little casino in there. They had a, briefly had a casino in there, and then they were like, oh, wait, is that not cool? <laughs> Maybe that was, Turned out that was illegal. A little too far, okay. So that's, that, that was replaced by the soda fountain. But so there were all these like cool amenities on there. Plus, you could just go on deck. There was like a sports area on deck. I'm guessing they played shuffleboard and things like that. Yeah, it's almost like you're talking do. about a cruise ship here. This sounds exactly, like exactly right. You think about right. It's it's like a cruise ship. There's just so much to do that, especially if you're a kid, you probably didn't even notice it was five hours. You were probably just like, I'm going to watch another movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I was surprised the capacity. So this was this was um, transporting like 900 people at a time, right? Yeah, and, a, and over 100 cars. Yeah, so I mean, it it could move a lot of people, and I'm guessing a lot more people used it because it ran for 30 years. So it must have been doing good enough business, at least for a while, to keep going. You know. Was there other things on the, like, was Muskegon, uh, was there stuff to do there? Were people visiting? Was it like Milwaukee in any way, or was it? Um, You know, it's very much like a smaller Milwaukee, very industrial, but with cool old architecture and that. And when I was there this time, I was amazed to see how many, like, for such a small town, how many breweries and distilleries there were. There was a music festival going on when we were there. Just, it was a great little town. sounds familiar. Yeah, it was very, very similar. I think it was their Summerfest kind of thing going on. (laughs) Um, Everybody was going, it was funny, everybody was 
like sort of headed to that area by the lakefront carrying uh, carrying their own folding chairs, which I thought was interesting. Could you imagine if you had to go to Summerfest and bring your own chair? Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so I think there were people who probably needed to go back and forth for work. There were people who were okay. probably – like the first time I took Lake Express was when we were going to Niagara Falls. Oh, okay. And so we didn't want to have to dip down south and then deal with Chicago traffic to just go back north. You know, yeah, that makes sense. So it shaped it off, made perfect uh, sense for us. Because, uh-huh. And what was great is when I took it this time, I was on my way to Cleveland, and it was the same thing. I kind of wanted to avoid uh, rush hour traffic in Chicago in the morning. And, you know, I drove to Muskegon, Michigan on like surely less than a gallon of gas. <laughs> I only had to drive to Bayview, get on the boat, and then right. drive off the boat. Yeah. And I was in Muskegon, so that was that was pretty nice. Okay, so we mentioned that this this ship transported 900 people at one point, and there was a crew of uh, more than 100, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so they kept the crew separate, right, men and women. Yeah. Uh, except for this one spot in the ship, the love machine. The, the laundry room. <laughs> so yes. And I don't tell know why. Tell us the story, yeah. I'm not sure why. I, they told me that this was the only place where uh, men and women members of the crew could m- mingle, I guess, would, would sort okay. of kind of come into contact with each other. I see. Other than out, you know, other than out in front of the passengers, like this was the only relatively private place they could could meet up. So every, everywhere else was professional and, and right. You probably couldn't interact, in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get down to the love machine. Maybe you can slip a line in and whoa. make an impression, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so apparently, over this washing machine, lo- lots of couples sort of began to. Date and there were marriages. And that's that's the thing. There I mean, were apparently, <laughs> and they didn't say there was a marriage. They said there were marriages so, over I'll, this washing machine, the actual washing machine, which they've had restored. It's beautiful. It looks like it's brand new. Like a, it looks like a thirties, um, like a thirties washing machine with the rollers and everything. Yes, yeah. And uh, it looks beautiful. And they said that they call it, they called it the love machine because you know, relationships and actual marriages grew out of people sort of meeting up at that washing machine. That is so perfect. And it's still there. It's still there. Wow. Yeah. So maybe if you visit, you got to go uh, take a trip with the love machine. Yeah, it's and, in the museum, so you can't really miss it. Yeah. But what's amazing is when the service stopped in 1970, everything was just basically left in place. Oh, so cool. they have all of the original like uh, mid-century modern and art deco like furniture, all the seats in the in the movie theater, they have all the old bar, you know, decorated Art Deco bars and stuff. So everything is really there. Um, and then they've managed to find a lot of stuff, too, from collectors and eBay auctions and things like that. Whenever they see anything that's related to the Clipper, they, they snatch it up and add it to the museum. So it really is amazing what's there and what the, the missing piece now is money. They just need money to keep going forward and to find it a permanent home. And we see this with uh, friends groups that that care for parks and things like that, where it's this not this like the movie theater in West Bend. I'm thinking of too, yeah, that right, was nonprofit right. run, where it's just this passionate group of people that that want to see this preserved and want to see God, it right. right? And you, really, some heroic people in the, in the community that step up and preserve these historic things. And this is actually a historic landmark. It is. It is a national historic landmark. So I mean, it, it is recognized as being as being an important thing. So I think people should go there and take the tour. It's not expensive. It's like $10 or something to tour, but you know your money is going toward uh, toward a good cause. And you could also just make a donation if you want. Um, if you have memories of it or you just think it's important, there's a link in my story uh, to how you can do that. 
And you can find a link to Bobby's story in the info box of where, wherever you're listening right now. You can find a, a link in the info box here. It goes right to on Milwaukee. You can see those pictures. You can see the, the love machine and much more from inside this, uh, this really great story, the Milwaukee Clipper. This was news to me. I didn't even know that there were previous ferries or this ferry thing was, was a thing before that. So that was. Oh, yeah. So, the, you know, the. This started in the at the beginning of the 1940s, and then in 1953, the Badger, which is still running, but that runs between Manitowoc and Ludington. Okay. So you have to drive, you know, an hour and a half up to Manitowoc, which I've done it. It's fun to do. And then you end up in Ludington. But Ludington's actually really nice, too, if you do that, because they have huge sand dunes. There are some sand dunes in Muskegon, too, but Ludington has these super high, towering sand dunes, like nothing you'll see on this side of the lake. Um, and you can go on these dune buggy tours where they like put you in a crash helmet and <laughs> like oh you get in these dune buggies and they go up and down. Uh, it's fairly terrifying, but, <laughs> but super fun. I was actually in Michigan this summer on the other side of the lake in, uh, in Saugatuck and it's, it's different over there. It it's freaks like, me out because with the dunes like, and the, well, the sunset from the I, other side. I know. I'm so used to orienting myself, yeah. even if not like consciously, but orienting myself to the lake. Right. So I always know east is that way because the lake is there. You know, I mean, it's, it's just such an ingrown thing, you know, like yeah. in us that um, that when suddenly the lake is on the opposite side. <laughs> you just walk in the wrong direction. Going, uh, and Cleveland, I was completely screwed up because there the lake is to the north. Right. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that happened to me. I was out in California one time. I was I, I was like, okay, east to the water. And then I was like, wait, no, wait, wait no, west wait. coast. <laughs> west coast for a reason. Yeah, it takes a little while to get used to that. <laughs> well, podcasts here on 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. Urban Spelunking on 88.9 is sponsored by Landmark Credit Union with support from On Milwaukee and your membership. You can subscribe to this podcast at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcast. And do make sure that you rate and review the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And definitely check out Bobby's story. Again, it's linked in the info box of this podcast, wherever you're listening right now. Next week, we're coming back to Milwaukee and we're going to be talking about Frank Lloyd Wright and his legacy of homes in and the architects that he influenced as well. And you can kind of see that influence on Milwaukee's east side. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about Frank Lloyd Wright's relationship with his um, brief assistant, Russell Bar Williamson, who then, uh, when they split, Russell Bar Williamson uh, started designing a lot of prairie style houses that were very, and a bunch of them that were very similar to one specific Frank Lloyd Wright house. So we're going to kind of talk about that. All right. We're going to zero in on that specific home next week on Urban Spelunking. We'll talk to you then. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, Nate.